What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn some new tricks and not be as sucky as they were uh, during the last episode that we recorded. Mm, To follow the path of decreasing suckiness. Indeed. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Adam Johnson. And I'm Dan Ray, coming to you from Greensboro, North Carolina. We love you, too. <laughs> you guys have to forgive us. You know, we are, uh, we are family men, and um, just, you know, we record in our free time, and free time is family time, so these yeah. things, they happen. Yeah, my, uh, my five-year-old has little Maddie. Little Maddie's over visiting, and it's, it's just a madhouse when little Maddie's over, so to speak. Y'all, shout out to little Maddie. Well, Maddie, she's not a rapper, but she could be. She could be. What up? So um, just wanted to say uh, welcome and thank you to all of the uh, new followers. Um, we've gotten some uh, some good traction on the YouTube channel. And um, I don't know if you haven't noticed, Dan and I have been, you know, shamelessly whoring this channel and this <laughs> podcast out on every opportunity we get. Uh, we are both very active on the cover band subreddit. I'm actually one of the mods. Um, and so I was, we were dropping it there. We're dropping it in cover band central, uh, any chance I get. Yep. We are all over. Um, but I, I've gotten some well wishes and I wanted to share those. Um, you know, if you, uh, if you have anything you'd like to contribute, you can always email us at coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. Um, first one comes, uh, it says, Hey, the podcast is awesome. Keep it up. I'm really enjoying the podcast and we'll tell my friends about it. Peace. That is from Eric Jennings. Uh, who is a friend of mine from way, way back. I used to work uh, for Apple, and he was one of my coworkers. And he has a, uh, a band called Black Lion Reggae. Um, he is a reggae mm. dude through and through. He's a lifer, and cool. uh, he's just a really interesting person. Uh, but you should check them out at blacklionreggae.com. Uh, he's a good dude. So uh, thanks, Eric, awesome. for the well wishes. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Appreciate that. Uh, this one comes off of the last episode, which is posted up on the YouTube channel. Uh, love this podcast. Love that the latest episode dropped two Canadian artists, Corey Hart and Feist. And that is from <laughs> Murray Sears. Uh, Murray, based on my Google Foo, uh, plays guitar in the Ray Oliver Band out of New Brunswick, Canada. And um, he is one of the uh, one of our Helix brethren. So ah. he's carrying the flag for, uh, for those guys. Um, so thanks Murray. Um, hope you uh, get a chance to listen to the other episodes and, um, we'll be posting this one too. So you'll hear your shout out, but if you're in, uh, New Brunswick, Canada, check out the Ray Oliver band. Uh, their videos are pretty solid. Actually, they're super solid. They're really good. Cool. I'll have to check that out. So you wanted to, uh, to bring up something that I had posted last week. I did. Cause it was, um, I, I think, um, so there's an artist who those of us on who listen to this podcast, I'm sure are mostly musicians. And so we'll probably know all about this dude and have for decades. Yep. Um, but if not <laughs> crawl out from under your rock and find out what weird Al Yankovic is doing in his most recent tour, I guess the tour's over now. Yes. So um, this was kind of like a, a recap. Yeah. He, um, he ended every night with a cover mm-hmm. and it was not just a cover. Was, and, and, you know, he, he like sit on a chair and have his band all around him. And by the way, Weird Al's band is maybe the best pro-level band I've ever heard. I mean, they're, yes. they're not just incredibly laser tight. They're laser tight in 50 genres a night. Mm-hmm. It's incredible what they do. Yeah. 
Um, but they covered stuff, man, they just covered all kinds of things. There was a cover, they did, um, cinnamon girl mm-hmm. in which weird Al played the solo and he introduced on an accordion. Uh, no, on guitar. He introduced it. On guitar. Said, all right. This is my one. Gu- I'm, I've been learning electric guitar. So I'm taking the solo on this one. And if you remember the solo to cinnamon girl goes, it's just one note. <laughs> yeah. It was like, that was the joke. But mostly they have not been jokes. They've been straight covers and they've been exceptional. Yeah. Um, and, and one really, thing to note is it's a different cover every night. So the, yeah. the video I posted actually is like 55 different songs. Yeah. But they more or less only played once. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen Weird Al Live? I have. Now it's been decades. I yeah. saw him I saw him opening for three of the monkeys in probably 85. Gotcha. So I saw Weird Al in probably 96, 97. It may have been 98 um, at, in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, when my family nice. was on vacation. I just somehow talked them into going to, uh, to go and see him. And as a, you know, as a, a somewhat you know, jaded, cynical 16-year-old teenager, um, I was blown away. Yeah. And as all, of, all of the shows that I've seen in my lifetime – the closest thing I have seen to a flawless performance mm-hmm. is probably the, it's two bands. It's Weird Al Yankovic and Muse hmm. on the Absolution tour. Just unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable live performance. Yeah. Yeah. His range is unbelievable. His band, it's it's the same band. Yes. It's the band that he's had yeah. since the beginning. Yeah. So um yeah, same same drummer, same guitar player. Like he is like those guys just know each other yeah. and uh, and it shows. Yeah. Yeah. And they're super, super pros. And I mean, there are costume changes in there. You want to talk about a show with production value. Weird Al puts it on. And, um, and this last one apparently was like way stripped down. I didn't see it. It was the, it had a great name. It was like the, um, last one to the cynical self-promotion tour or something like that. Yeah. It was like self-indulgent. Yeah. Yeah. So basically if you, I'm for people who, who haven't been keeping score, um, what he basically did is instead of doing his typical, uh, dog and pony show he focused this tour almost entirely on the original stuff that he's done yeah. so instead of it being like a parody of an existing song um if if you're a you know if you're a connoisseur of weird al like i, like I am be. listen my first one of the first albums i bought with my own money was weird al in yeah. 3d i mean you know. even worse was i think the one that really got me locked in and there's a there's a number of songs on that record that sound like other songs but are not parodies of songs Mm -hmm. Uh, when I was your age was one that I actually learned on guitar in high school. Um, there, so it was basically just the stuff that kind of sounds, you know, if you listen to it long enough, like, yeah, that kind of sounds like this song. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, he he was, he doesn't get enough credit because I mean, you know, he, he basically invented a genre of music, um, but is a very talented and actually he's an insanely talented musician. and songwriter. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. And I heard he's a slave driver. Um, (laughs) I've heard that too. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectionist at the level of Prince. Yeah. He does not play. Yeah. So, uh, big ups to weird Al and, uh, and his band. Um, yeah. What he did there at the end of each of those shows was just a masterclass in playing covers. Just, Mm-hmm. exceptional really exceptional i'm nursing a uh a mint julep because nice. mint julep weather has descended upon <laughs> georgia you are, in, you are in atlanta so it's so, the appropriate drink yep i got some bottled and bond uh jim beam so 100 proof just gut rot 
some simple syrup and some some nice mint, and I'm I'm in for the night. That's so. good. Well, I listen. I had a Sweetwater IPA for uh, with dinner, so I'm I'm also well, thanks for very thanks Atlanta for right now. Afloat. Yeah, there you go. No, we we love Sweetwater. Uh, we've actually done a, a number of events at their um at their brewery. Cool. So. Fun. They do live music all the time. Right. So this week we um <laughs> we were trying to come up with a uh, with a topic, and I came up with a a snappy tagline called tools for fools. (laughs) It's like tears for fears, but toolier. Yeah. Tools for fools. So, um, these are just things, this is kind of a twofold, uh, discussion. It's, it's going to encapsulate mostly our approach to social media, because if you are doing cover band, um, cover bands in any, you know, level, you, you, you really need to be, uh, utilizing social media, uh, as, as much as you can, because that's really where you're going to, uh, connect with your fan base and, um, and get your name out there. So we'll be talking about that. And also, um, some other, uh, applications and services that we use to do what we do. So you ready to jump into this? Let's do it. Okay. So number one, Facebook, number one, everybody, in the world is on Facebook. Yeah. It didn't used to be that way. Um, I, I, I've had a Facebook account since, um, since I think 2003. And that was back when you actually had to be a college student and it came to campuses like campus by campus. So I was on the waiting list to get a Facebook account when it came to my school. Uh, and before that, I was on MySpace, and I think I had a Friendster account briefly. Um, but I was so locked in on MySpace, CNN actually did a story on my band because we were like such MySpace hounds, which is wow. dating me horribly. But um, yeah. but yeah, Facebook is the um, you know clearly the 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 front runner and the winner in the social media race. So if you are not on Facebook, you don't exist. Yeah. It's interesting to to wonder, to speculate about if it's going to stay like yeah. that. Because word on the street is the teens these days are not on Facebook. Well, they, the teens were on Facebook and the young ones were on Facebook until the old people got on Facebook. And just like everything else that's cool, old people ruined it. And I can't argue that. No, it's true. They, they really true. did. Facebook yeah, has teens become... Are, teens are now apparently doing Instagram and Snapchat. Yep. And um, so the question is, will Facebook... Uh, persist in its relevance in, you know, eight, 10 years time. Right. Hard, and, hard to know. Yeah. To know. And, and, you know, they, they kind of saw the writing on the wall and bought Instagram cause they knew better. Right. So, right. um, out of all the platforms, I think, you know, they're, they're well suited, uh, at least for now, but you know, they could be one of those things that we talk about as a footnote 10 years from now, you know, what we're doing episode 7,000 yeah. of this like, podcast. You remember when we were all on Facebook and thought that was so important. Yeah. So, um, as far as things about, so you need to have a Facebook page that, that kind of goes without saying. Um, and if you want to take the next level up with your group, you should be checking, you, you should convert your, uh, Facebook page over to a business account. Yes. Um, there's a whole subset called there, there's another website, business.facebook.com that, um, you can put all of your, um, your bands or, you know, if you have a single band, in my case, I have multiple bands, um, that are all under this one umbrella and it adds a, um, a, an additional level of, uh, data access for, you know, for your band and your posts. Um, so one of the things that I, I literally found out about maybe 
a year or so ago is that Facebook has these things called pixels. And pixels are little bits of code that you can put on your website um, that track when people leave Facebook and go to your site. Yep. And it does a number of things, but specifically if you are in the business of doing Facebook targeted ads, um, you can you they can use the data that they collect from people who go to your site via those pixels and you know basically target ads to specific people. Yep. Um, it's it's kind of voodoo as far as I'm concerned, but <laughs> um, it is effective and it, it does give you an insane amount of information. Yeah, and and it works the other direction too. It's it's one of those. Um, that's the technology that powers uh, the ability for Facebook to put up an ad for something that you were shopping for on some completely non-Facebook site earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's a connection connection between that that site and the information about where you were on that site can come to yeah. Facebook and feed ads in both directions. It's all all that same stuff. But it's really neat because the um, the analytics that you can pick up from that really are they were very eye opening for us. Um, you know, we you know we always kind of pegged ourselves as a, uh, as a group that targeted towards, uh, females of a certain age, but our, our, um, at least traffic wise, um, our fan base is predominantly male. Hmm. So that was kind of a, an interesting piece of information. Um, you know, we still are definitely pitching towards females because it's, you know, tale as old as time. If the, if the girls are there, the guys are there also. Yep. I, I think there's probably yep. a better way of saying that, but Probably, but I think we get it. Yeah. It's interesting. We're we're about fifty fifty. Yeah, which is um, I was surprised in a similar way that uh, that we were that. that yeah, I mean, uh, if if we are anything, we're like fifty five forty five. But still, I thought it was going to be like seventy thirty in the opposite yeah, direction. So me too. Me too. So the, um, another thing that um, I I sat through a it was a very interesting um, talk, basically a webinar. On, um, on music marketing, and, and it was geared towards original music, but I think definitely serves a purpose here in, um, in what we're talking about, uh, which is Facebook Live. So um, in some circumstances, um, you have the opportunity to Facebook Live your shows. Um, the, the show that we're playing this coming, um, this coming week, at um, there's, a, there's a, a venue in town that we're playing called Venkman's, and one of the things that they do is they actually broadcast most of their shows on Facebook Live, so we don't even have to worry about it. They're going to do That's it cool. for us. Um, you can share but, it to your page probably and have it be live there. Yeah. Yeah. It's all cross posted because if they're, I think if you're tagged in a post and they put it up, then it's automatically accessible to your people. Good. Um, and what I'm talking about is kind of more on the, again, I'm, I'm shouting out my, my Sammy Swanson and my handsome young ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what Sam does is he, he does, when he does solo acoustic performances, he bills himself as Sam Swanson from the handsome young ladies. Right. So this is something that you could do under the guise of your own band. Um, but doing it individually. Right. Um, and, and Facebook live is one of those things that can help you build a fan base organically. Um, and the one thing you do have to focus on is that it, you have to kind of make it your job. Um, if you're going to do Facebook live posts, you need to do them regularly and you need to, um, kind of do them on a set schedule, uh, because it's a good way to kind of drum up business. And one of the things that the, um, the person that I, I was listening to suggested was, um, at the top of, at the top of the broadcast, 
If you have a PayPal account, just put the link of the PayPal account up at the top, say virtual tip jar and drop the link. Um, I've done it a couple of times and, you know, I'm sitting in my, you know, in my living room playing acoustic guitar just, just for fun. And I've made, you know, 20, 30 bucks just sitting on my rear. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah. So a virtual tip jar is something that you can use, um, to, uh, to drum up business or, you know, even if you're doing it from, you know, from the, from the show that you're playing, you could still do that. Yeah. Nothing's stopping you. No, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You know, the, um, um, I saw a guy solo guitar playing on top of really well done tracks. It sounded really good. And he was a killer player, mm-hmm. uh, sing, singing and playing electric guitar on top of tracks on several different platforms at once. I think, I think he was on Twitch to begin with, but then mm-hmm. he was also streaming live on Facebook and YouTube. Yep. And, um, he had, you know, like those Twitch guys have like a bunch of little data panels floating around their heads. He had mm-hmm. like, um, his set list and uh, coming next and just played and, uh, mm-hmm. um, big thing, you know, across the bottom that was the, you know, how to tip me and, um, well, you know, where to catch me live, stuff like that all kind of floating around the screen. And, um, and then chat, live chat was happening, and it seemed like there was a pretty good bunch of people watching him and chatting and interacting and making requests, and um, it was really it was really cool. And he was just yeah. in his room; he was just in a room with guitars on the wall behind him. You know, mm-hmm. not big production value, um, except for putting together the the data that obviously yeah. took something. Uh, but it was pretty. Yeah, cool. I mean, it's basically yeah, it's online busking basically. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. And it's, you know, it's way less overhead. You know, you're just sitting in a room, yep. just doing your thing. Yep. Um, and it's just a good way, you know, we, we mentioned it last week with the, um, you know, just kind of like low production, high quality content. It just shows that you're a competent musician and, um, and you know, it's that quiet confidence. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm good, but you know, it, I, I don't take it too seriously. Yeah. MBD. Yeah. And, and you know, I've, you know, the, the guy who had mentioned this stuff and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to mention his name cause I can't remember it. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's a, I mean, he's, he's worked on Taylor Swift's team. He's a legit dude. And one of the people that he kind of coached is making, making like 75 K a year, um, sitting, <laughs> sitting in her living room, cool. playing, playing acoustic guitar. Yeah. So, um, it can be done. Yeah. Absolutely. So absolutely. You know, we use Facebook Live um, pretty much every show after we get set up and sound checked, and we're having the pre downbeat beer. We'll go on Facebook Live and just hype the show for a minute, and mm-hmm. um, we'd never have anything planned, and it's usually pretty <laughs> pretty loose <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. But um, and I can't connect a single butt in a seat to our having done that. I, I'm not sure anyone has ever seen that and said, "Oh my god, I got to get down there," but. People enjoy it when we do a show and skip that. They ask me about it, mm-hmm. um, so it's it's making it's making a brand statement that's a little more long term. Right, it's not turning into attendance tonight, even though that is what we say. Come on down, it's right. gonna be great. We'll start at ten, whatever. Um, it's it's making a more long term sort of relationship statement. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it's it's establishing you. Yeah, and that actually brings me to my. Uh, to switch gears to the next platform. Which well, is well hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, one oh, thing we got to deal with first about Facebook. Say, we got to deal with this issue about Facebook page likes. Mm. So, um, so do they matter or do they not matter? And the answer is yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So here's, here's the only way I think they matter at all is it's a number that, 
reflects something about your longevity and the number of people who have engaged with you at least once. Your establishedness. <sighs> yeah. Although, yeah, yeah, basically. Yes. So, um, I've never had a venue owner ask me about my number of Facebook likes. I have no idea whether they've creeped my Facebook page and found out that I have currently just crossed 450 for a year old band, you know, not, not mm-hmm. bad. Um, I don't know if they are aware that like the band that most inspires me that I'd love to be has uh, 1600 right now. I'm aware of that, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if anybody really cares about that, but it is kind of a selling point, especially if you're new to be able to say, Hey, you know, I mean, here's a fact, you know, when we were brand new, all four of us in the band had enough track record and cred out there that we announced the band and without any content on our page, people who already knew about us liked to up to about 250 Okay, with nothing on the page, yeah. right? Says something about who we, it gave us some cred, even though the band was three weeks old. Right. Right. Um, since then it hasn't been that valuable to me. Now, here's a thing I really wish people, um, got (laughs) is that it is possible to goose that number through a lot of different means. There are link trade, you know, like trade things online and, you know, you like me, I'll like you and we'll all look, look good or whatever. Um, so first of all, I don't mind somebody taking a shortcut and not putting in the you know, grunt work over the many years to get to a big number there. That, that's all right. If you're clever and can do that, I don't have a problem. I don't even consider that cheating necessarily. Here's what that does. It completely dilutes the power of your page as a broadcasting venue. Yeah. Um, Facebook has made it now so that if you actually want to put a message out and, and people are still in a deep misconception about this. So this what, what I'm about to say, you're gonna some people are gonna be like, no, I can't can't be like, no, it's like this. When you post something on your Facebook page, it goes to anywhere to, from three to five percent of the people who like your page. Which is ridiculous and tragic. Total if you want it to go show. to everyone, if you want it to go to everyone, you have to spend money. That's just how Facebook is. Three years ago, two years ago, it wasn't like this. You posted, and man, your whole list of likes got your post. But it is not like that now. The algorithm is not in your favor. Mm-hmm. And the algorithm um, now is is strongly committed that you spend money on the platform. Uh, which, you know, fair, right? They have, uh, they have a lot invested in it. I get that. Um, the problem is, if you have loaded up your likes list with... Um, either paid ones, you can go out and spend very little money and get thousands of likes. But do you want to spend your three to 5% on those people? Or do you want to keep your likes sort of local and real and people who are actually going to engage with you and actually come out to your shows? For me, the answer is if it's going to be have any value at all without me having to buy ads in it, which we do from, from time to time when it's, when it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, but just for an average, you know, weekend, Give me my, my gig this Saturday at Tailgaters. It's our fourth time there. I'm not going to buy an ad for that. Nope. Um, but if my post about it is only going out to people who are far away from me because I traded likes with them across the internet or in China because I bought their likes, then I have that my my broadcast ability on my page is zero. It's not just three; it's zero. Yeah. So I strongly encourage people to not do like trading, to not artificially inflate your likes numbers because it really hurts you in the long term. Yeah, I mean, 
Facebook is base is basing their their information off of engagement, right? And that's right, which means people who like your posts, share your posts, comment on your posts. That's what you need to be encouraging. Yeah, a post that starts to get traction like that, get shares, and get. I posted um, just a stupid um, uh, meme joke that was um, a reference to Psycho Killer, which is a tune we do. Yeah. Um, and it got shared five or six times. Somebody shared it to a you know a couple of Facebook groups, and it like by far is our most engaged post of the last mm-hmm. six months. And um, those get traction; those build traction. As the more they get shared and engaged with, the more people see them, the more prominent in the algorithm they get. So um, yep. that's how Facebook is watching for content that gets big. Um, and uh, so. My point is, to the extent I have a point, don't fake those numbers. Build those numbers yeah. naturally. You know, as you're playing a gig, say, "Hey, find us and like us on Facebook." And you know, it's going to be three, four, five people a night, maybe. Mm-hmm. maybe. Um, that's called organic. Yep, that's called organic, and it's a very healthy level of growth for your Facebook likes. Yep. Cool. All right. Thus endeth the sermon. All right. Instagram. Instagram, which is basically uh, Facebook for people who can't read, <laughs> um, or who love hashtags. It's a uh, Yes, for people who, um, yeah, and well, and hashtags are a whole thing. Yes. So I'll, I'll go ahead and kind of jump into our Instagram, you know, strategy. Um, you know, there, there's definitely a bunch of apps that you can use in conjunction with Instagram to kind of increase the quality of your posts. Uh, I'll throw a couple out real quick. Um, if you don't already use Boomerang and Layout, those are two native uh Instagram applications that help you, you know, create different kinds of content when you post to Instagram. Uh, layout lets you put multiple pictures in kind of like a like a grid kind of layout, so that you can post multiple shots. Um, Boomerang lets you do kind of short animated loops of, uh, of videos. Those are all very popular. Um, you may see um, a post where you go to that person's profile. Maybe it's like just a portion of an image and you go to their profile and it shows, you know, one big image over, you know, nine to 12 posts in a row. Um, we use an app called gritty pro to, um, to do those kinds of things when we have a big event. Um, and then I use something called cleaner to go in periodically and, uh, weed out people who may have added us because we hit a hashtag that they, you know, they may, latch onto, but aren't engaged with us. Um, you know, the main thing that you want to kind of, at least my opinion is that if you want, if you want to appear like you are relevant on Instagram, you need to have more followers than you have, uh, people that you are following. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be dramatically different, but, um, if I'm looking right now, let me pop this open real quick on member Tony's page. We have... 1,472 followers and we are following 729 people. Nice. And mostly those, you know, that's a follow back situation where if somebody follows us, we will follow them back, but then we will, we will follow up in about 90 days to see if they're actually staying engaged or not. And if they're not, then we will unfollow them. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of a, a you know, a, a weaning process that we've developed. Um, so here's another thing that, you know, you can incorporate, which is, well, it's, it's twofold. Um, Instagram now offers stories, which is kind of their take on what Snapchat is doing. And those are also posted to Facebook. Um, those are kind of temporary things that, you know, show up for 24 hours and then they disappear. So, um, that could be, 
just a super casual thing or like a picture of a, you know, of, of the stage as you're getting set up or, you know, something goofy with, you know, the guys in the band while, while you're waiting to go on or, you know, a funny part of the show that you can capture. Uh, those are all interesting things to do. Um, something that's new that I literally downloaded today is Instagram is now kind of trying to grab onto YouTube. So they have created an app called IGTV, which now allows you to post up to an hour's worth of content. Um, and it, it's, if you, if you can find us on Instagram, which is, uh, at cover band confidential, um, I have posted something on IGTV, which is about this episode this evening. Hmm. Uh, but I, I fear it is so new that most people haven't actually had a chance to look at it. So, um, that's something that we'll, we'll see. We'll have to see if it actually is relevant or not. Um, but if you are, marketing your band, you need to be on the front end of all of these things and not on the back end. Yeah. So if something new comes out, install it. If you don't know how it works, that's fine. Nobody else does either. Do your best to kind of figure it out and, and try and be on the front end of it. Because if you are, then you're that much further ahead than your competition. So now I want to talk about what to fill your Instagram feed with. So one of the things that we try to do is we try to take pictures of content when we are at shows, um, you know, pressing for future shows, anything that we can do to post regularly. Our aim is, you know, members only's aim is to post, you know, two to three times a week, if not more. Um, and it can be any number of things. It can be upcoming shows. It can be our merch. It can be, um, you know, pictures of stuff that's happened already. There's, there's a number of things that you can do, but I'm going to address what I like to call, uh, because this is a family show. It starts with shh and it ends with it posts. <laughs> and the concept shoot, behind shoot posts, shoot posts, shoot posts yeah, 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 yeah. is you're basically posting things that aren't directly related to the band, but are relevant to the aesthetic of the group or the attitude of the, of the group or just something that you can kind of just lean on to keep yourself out there. So, Dan, your, uh, your example of you found something about Psycho Killer that Perfect. is a song that you cover. Perfect example. It has nothing to do with the Clinky Lincolns directly. Right. That would be what I would consider a shoot post. Yep. You know, I'm looking through our, um, you know, our list right now and – Pressing for Fanny Pack Friday, I have put up, um, I put up a, a, a Vanilla Ice, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two Secret of the Ooze post that has nothing to do with anything. Um, you know, on the on Prince's birthday, we posted something about Prince, which you know we cover Prince, but it, it's not something that you know that's directly related. Right. Um, we've pulled up old show pictures. We've pulled up reviews from other people. Um, so it's just things to fill your, your, your timeline with, you know, the, um, those little acoustic bits that we did for Fanny pack Friday could be considered that, mm-hmm. um, it's just trying well, to find creative ways. I, I wouldn't say those are shoot posts. I would say those, I would say those are, you know, it's advertising direct, direct content that you created. Yeah. But again, it's, you know, the the whole point of social media is to either show people what you're doing or appear busy when you may or may not be busy. Right. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it is, it's the highlight reel of your brand and your group. So whatever you can do to make yourself look like you've got it going on, do it. 
there's no shame in the game. Right. So, um, do you have any, uh, any other anecdotal information? I don't. Do you, um, do you, uh, cross post your, your Instagram to Facebook? We do. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's smart. It's just, you know, it's double dipping. They are slightly different, um, audiences. The formats are slightly different. You just kind of have to mm-hmm. be aware of that as you're, as you're cross posting, but, um, why reinvent all that content twice, right? Yeah. And, and there, on the same note, there are definitely things that we post individually on separate platforms that we don't cross post. So sometimes there are things that we only post on Facebook and there's some things that we only post on Instagram and it's typically to prevent double dipping of some kind. Mm -hmm. You know, if, um, if the venue, you know, pitches something about an upcoming event, I'm not necessarily going to put it on Instagram. Um, even though it will show up on, on Facebook and then, you know, we will tweet things on Twitter that have nothing to do with either, um, just for, for various reasons. So, um, and that, that's another strategy to incorporate, you know, if you cross post everything, it just looks like you cross cross post everything. If you put content on separate channels that looks, um, that it was created by a person individually in the moment, Mm -hmm. it just comes across as more genuine and less manufactured and less, I don't don't want to say the word corporate, but corporate. Yeah. Well, well it is, it's, it's, uh, you know, plus, uh, you know, um, Twitter has a different ethos, a different voice, a different feel from Facebook and you want to be appropriate to that. Well, and you know, on Twitter we, we do, I, I follow a lot of, you know, again, Members only is a, is a period nostalgia project. So, um, some days you'll get a post that, you know, from one of the people we follow where it's like on this day in 1984, this happened, Mm. you know, retweet that that's, you know, it it can be as simple as that. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, ridiculously specific or, you know, the, the main thing that you can get on Twitter is you can, you can typically get somebody of marginal fame to like retweet or acknowledge you. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you use those moments and then you Instagram and put those on Facebook. Right. You know, we've, we've gotten a couple shout outs from, um, like Alan Hunter, who's one of the original MTV VJs nice. and some of the, you know, kind of bigger eighties, I guess, royalty. Um, and those are things that you can kind of use to brag on yourself. Sure. Um, it's all about self-promotion. So, so if you, if you, if you are against shoot post, you should, um, shoot post anyway, <laughs> get over it and shoot post. Um, another thing that you should be using is YouTube. Um, and again, that's another situation where you need to have separate content that only goes on that channel. Oh, for sure. Especially YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So it can, and it can be of any, any level of any depth. You know, if you want to do a weekly update where you can get a couple guys in the room and talk about what, what the band is doing. Um, if you have live performance footage, if you have promo material, um, our channel is a little sparse right now. What we've got is we've got some, we've got all of our promos from, you know, basically from our founding. Um, and then we have, and we have a couple of formats. So we have short ones, we have longer ones. And one of the things that we did do is we took, um, we took a live feed from one of our shows and we have a 45 minute video of us performing. Mm. So it's not, you can show people, Hey, this is what the band actually sounds like. This isn't, you know, studio magic, you know, post-production, this is, you know, from the board, a static camera. This is what the people in front of the camera are doing. It's just, you know, it's an accurate portrayal of what to expect at one of our gigs. Yeah. You know, we had, um, 
I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before. I might have. One of the things we have on our YouTube channel is um, complete audio of a whole show. Mm-hmm. And it was an accident. If I had pushed the right button on the camera, I would have taken video that night. But I didn't. Instead, I pushed the wrong button and I took audio. And um, when I got over being sad about that, I I put I put a video together that was just the the flyer for the gig mm-hmm. over you know a three and a three and a half hour audio track. Yeah, and it has turned out to be one of the most valuable things we've done because if I'd put up if I had taken video, I would have cut it up into I would have taken the highlights and either made a highlight reel or I would have cut up songs that went well and put those up as demos. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had taken, if I had not done that and put up like video of the whole show, nobody would have sat and watched that. Yeah. You know, they might've skipped around in it and caught maybe great moments, maybe less great moments. Who knows what they would have caught. But yeah. I've heard from a lot of people that they really like putting that on the background and like living their life going about, you know, while they're working, they've got the clanky Lincolns playing in the background. And, um, the guy who hired us to play his wedding in a couple of weeks, for instance, uh, he, he, when I met with him a few, uh, a couple of weeks ago, he, he, um, again, talked about that, that uh, recording and how great it was. And a couple of things we did in it that I don't even remember. It was almost a year ago. Um, but, uh, I did not expect, I, it was just a, it was just an accident that I didn't get video and I was mad at myself and whatever, but it's actually turned out to be a really, really valuable thing in terms of showing people really what we do and really what we sound like. It was just a, yeah. a high quality mic in the room. It wasn't, it's nothing fancy in terms of what the recording was. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, that next to some really good video demos that, um, aren't necessarily high production, but show us in our environment doing it well. And then, um, we also have a bunch of sort of behind the scenes things, um, which gets me to the next platform. Are you ready to move on to the next platform? Yeah. Right. One platform that I think is going to, as I predict mm-hmm. Facebook fades in importance, old school things like your email list are going to be yep. ever more valuable. And I have neglected mine for a long time, but I'm really putting attention on that. And one of the things I try to do is always have some kind of special behind the scenes peek inside Mm -hmm. the whatever. Um, Often it's a video of me talking or or me and somebody else um, in the band talking about what we're up to or um, showing off the new practice space. Or um, I did a video about this um, cable bag organizer Mm -hmm. thing. Uh, that I just completely nerded out about this awesome bag for, you know, it's an eight minute video, which is way too long for it, but I was excited. Um, so that's the kind of stuff we have up on yeah. YouTube and, and we use it as a platform to feed the demos page of our website and also to lead people to, from the mailing list It's part of part of the value, part of what we're giving yeah. in the mailing list is, um, peek inside insider stuff. Mm-hmm. First look at stuff. Um, last Last week, I sent out a mailing list post uh, uh, email that um, included a link to a uh, a um, Survey Monkey survey yep. about what should go on our new all eighties set. Yep, and Survey Monkey is something you also should be using. We use it um, for the exact same reason. It's it's a it's a great way of gathering data. Yep, um, and for um, for private events, uh, specifically weddings, because those tend to be very kind of like control heavy. Um, we have a, we have a list that we send out to all of our brides, uh, for them to literally, they get to pick the songs they want to hear. And, um, so it's every song that we know 
and they with a checkbox next to it, and then there are songs that uh, there's a section that says, "Hey, what do you not want right. to hear?" And they can write whatever they want. And then there's, uh, "Hey, what are songs that you didn't see that you'd like to hear?" Uh, we will do our best to accommodate them, um, and and that's been that's one of those. Th- things that can easily set you apart. It takes minimal effort. If you've got a spreadsheet with your song list on it, you literally just upload it as a CSV. It's very, very simple. It's very quick and it's very effective um, with yeah. your with your clients. Yeah. But I'll tell you, if, um, if you, uh, uh, dear listener, are not in the business of collecting emails, go get yourself a MailChimp account yep. right now. Also don't, free. Don't, don't, yeah, for up, to, up to some insane level that none of us here will ever reach. Correct. Um, uh, yeah, get yourself that account right now. Start playing with it. It's really easy to do, and and you got to do it. I also just added um, on the front end of that another free service called Textify. Mm-hmm. If you text the word "clank" C L A N K to the number three four five three four five, it will let you give your email address over text and sign you up for the email list on your on your text messages on your phone. So that's a free tip that didn't cost you nothing. It didn't cost you nothing. So. Um, you know, a couple shows now. I was, I, like in the in between songs, it's like okay, everybody, take out your phone. No, I'll wait. Take out your phone. <laughs> I can make them do it. So I'll that's sit right awesome. there, and you know, a lot of them will resist me and not do it, and that's okay. But four or five of them will, and that's that's you know, yeah, that's good. And when and also like in between songs, if you've got a break, you should always kind of pimp your social media and your website and stuff. Totally. So you totally. know, try and find a time to do that during your set. Um, the way that we always do it is that people have their phones out all night long. So you say, hey, I see you guys taking pictures and videos. We'd love to see them tag us at Members Only ATL. Yeah. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Um, but it is just kind of a good way to kind of put it in their minds. And mm-hmm. I've seen bands actually put their socials in their promo material, like on their on the drum heads or on their um, on their um, like their banners and all yep. that stuff. Ours so that's all, that's all good stuff. Yeah, ours is on our banner. So... Um, here, here's a couple of uh, apps that you may not necessarily think about as social media that may be useful to you. The one that I'm going to go ahead and drop on you is Pinterest. Um, for dudes, Pinterest seems like a place for decorative bowls and doilies, re- reclaimed wood. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot but, of handcrafted uh, nonsense. Yeah, so. Uh, I, I started using it a couple of years ago because I realized that like I don't normally get what I want for Christmas. <laughs> so if I created a board, and basically I Christmas shop all year long. If I see something that's cool, I put it on a board called Christmas 2018 or Christmas 2017. And then when it comes around that time, I just go, here's a link to my board. Buy me what I want. Um, so that was my introduction to Pinterest. And I, anytime I talk to a dude who kind of thumbs their nose at Pinterest, I'm like, dude, I Christmas shop all year long and I get what I want. Anyway, um, because we are a nostalgia act and we, you know, deal in, um, in decades, um, we have set up a Pinterest account specifically for the band and it's gotten a crazy amount of traction and in a way that I really wasn't expecting. But what we've done is we've set up a number of boards. I have, an 80s party board, a 90s party board, an 80s fashion board, and a 90s fashion board. And it's basically just party ideas. So it's like, you know, Rubik's Cube shaped this and, you know, Boombox shaped that. And I didn't create mm-hmm. any of the content. I just shared it or found it and then put it on the board. And what it 
what it has done is it has pulled people into our our kind of our our hmm. orbit that normally wouldn't have found us. Um, and what, I, I stepped foot in an Urban Outfitters for the first time in probably five years, and it's <laughs> a '90s disaster. Um, just acid washed everything, and like just wow. everything is Space Jam related all of a sudden. And there's fanny packs, and but again like we are getting into this nineties thing. So, you know, one of the things that we've pressed is, Hey, if you don't know what to wear to our nineties party, check out our Pinterest boards. Yep. So, I mean, again, it's just, it's cross promotion and it's, it's visibility and it's establishment. And it's one of the cool things that we've been able to do with clients that are, you know, trying to throw yeah. themed events. Like, Hey, if you need suggestions, check out, check this out. It's just another thing that took maybe an hour's worth of work that you know, you can provide to clients that is an immediate value and doesn't cost anything up front other than time. That's so great. think about it. That's really cool. Um, it may not, you know, you might be listening to this and like, this makes no sense for my band. And if it doesn't, don't worry about it, but it could. And it's just something to consider, you know, as an option and, and people do use it and businesses do use it. Yeah. What I like about it is that you, you thought about what's a, what's a way that I can add value to my service. Mm -hmm. What's a way that I can answer a question that people maybe don't even know they have, or, you know, or, or at least don't have a lot of resources to answer for themselves. And here's me, you know, the, the expert in that space and how can I provide sort of guidance and leadership about it to them without it being, um, uh, out of their way or expensive for me. It's uh, the thinking that led you to do that is something that people should take note of. Yes. You know, you, you need to be looking at your client as the person with all, you know, you need to be the person with all the answers. We had somebody reach out to us about an event next year and they're throwing an eighties themed event. And I was like, well, guess what? We, um, we have relationships with vendors that can get you uh, vintage arcade games. We, um, we have a back to the future DeLorean that we can rent out. Um, and these aren't things that I own. I'd love, please. I'd love to own a DeLorean with set up like right. a time machine. Can't afford it. Uh, but I do know yeah. a guy who does and who will rent it out for you. Um, also things like, you know, you need to go ahead and, and, and establish these relationships with other vendors. Um, we've got relationships with video companies, with uh, photo booth companies, with, mm-hmm. you know, decoration companies. Those are, because those are people that you can, you can, set up relationships with, you can set up deals with, and, you know, they may cut you a better rate and you can charge them what they would normally charge them. Maybe you grab a percentage off the top. Maybe you don't. It's, it's just, it's, it's another thing that you, you can tell people that you are full service and you can provide additional value and that separates you from your competition. Yeah. And so. who knows what gigs you get pulled in on because the photo booth guy needs a band. Yep. I mean, absolutely. That's, what, that's how networking works. You know, you, you, that is, you, that is literally what networking yeah, is. Right. There is, that's how that is right there. You, you yep. know, you, you look to see what value you can give and then, you know, in the long term you start to get to, but that's not, that's, that's down the road. Your job is to give value. Yeah. So what do you use for your uh, website? What did you build yours? I did. It's built in WordPress. Um, and I host it at a hosting company that I don't love. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to yeah, tell you who they are. Don't um, hook them up. Yeah. Um, we are also a WordPress, uh, band. Um, before that we actually use Squarespace and Squarespace is a great option for, um, for, for certain bands. I just wanted more customization. Um, so if you, if you don't have a website, you need a website. Um, there's just no way around it. It, it, it establishes you. It makes you look legitimate more than a web, than a Facebook page does. Yep. Cause anybody can make a Facebook page. Building a website takes some effort 
It does take a lot of effort. It doesn't have to take a lot of effort, but it, it, it makes a difference. It makes you look professional. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little out of the loop of, <laughs> I mean, I, I, so I've made websites for a living for the last 20 years. So, uh, mm-hmm. throwing up our website and having it be pretty darn good took me, you know, at, an hour and a half, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, well, and, and again, you don't have to know how to do it. You just have to find people who do know. Well, and, um, and WordPress is, um, it, what, the reason I said what I just said is because I don't have much perspective. Like if I was completely new to the whole thing, how hard would it seem to me? I can't quite put myself in those shoes. But uh, WordPress, I think, is if you just poke around in it, it's pretty self-evident about how it all fits together. Right. And there are all kinds of themes out there and plugins. And like it's there's a whole universe of freebies yeah. that surround WordPress that make it really customizable and easy for people. Just poke a button, install a template, see what it looks like, customize it some. It's really quite easy to do. Yeah, and I mean, the the cover band confidential blog is a is a totally free WordPress site and it, there's it's nothing to you know to write home about but it it took me almost zero time to set up right, right. Um, but I'll go ahead and shout out a guy um, who helped us set up our site and um, does it for a living and could do it for you and is very fair priced um, look up Marsna Designs M A R S N A um, it's my buddy Kyle and he, he gave us a really fair price and his whole thing is he'll, if you don't have the time or the, you know, the dedication to set up a site, what he likes to do is he'll set you up with a site with a completely laid out, um, platform and, and foundation and, and make it really easy for you to update your own content. So he basically, I gave him kind of a rough outline of what I wanted. He gave me, you know, the basic gist, and I have basically completely destroyed <laughs> his website. Um, I've I have replaced things, I have added stuff, I've taken stuff away. But um, he's using a platform <laughs> called Divi, D-I-V-I, um, and it's very, very simplified and really, really easy to implement. So um, it, I, I'll, I'll give a shout-out to Kyle and Marzana Designs because they did a great job. Um, and if you want to go to membersonlyatl.com to check it out, um, that would be cool. And um, on top of that... Um, another tool that we use to help that has helped me kind of tweak our design uh, is a service that is also free to a certain point called Hotjar. Have you ever heard of it? So what Hotjar allows you to do it is a piece of code that you drop into your uh, into the 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 main banner of your website, like your. And what it does is it allows you to see what people mm-hmm. do when they get onto your website. Um, and their whole thing is to get what they call sales funnels. And I kind of alluded to that before, but it's, it's basically just, you're trying to get people to go to certain places. But what it has done for me is kind of see what the, you know, the lay person who wanders onto our site does when they get there. And what can I tweak to, um, to give them more information, to get them to go to the place that I want them to go. Um, it's just been invaluable as far as, um, tweaking our web design and knowing what our standard customer is doing. Yep. Yep. So check out a hot jar free service. Totally awesome. Just beyond. Yeah. Yep. We use that in the marketing agency. I work in too. So it's a yep. very popular tool and, and pro pro caliber. Um, one thing I want to say about mm-hmm. WordPress, just as a, a word of warning, keep your WordPress installation and all your plugins yep. up to date religiously. WordPress is the most popular content management program on the internet. It runs 30 ish percent mm-hmm. of the websites on the internet right now. Which makes it a massive target for hackers. And every time, um, every time a new version comes out, it might be because they just discovered some huge vulnerability that this new version closes. And if you don't close it by by installing that update, 
you are vulnerable. And it, I'm telling you, if you don't commit to keeping your website up to date, it is not an if, it is a when. Yeah, and, when your and site will be hacked. WordPress makes it abundantly clear when it's time to update. Like, Oh, it screams at you. Now, the, the thing is, people don't do it because they're afraid of what they might break by pushing that button. Yeah. And that is fair. But um, there are services out there that make it easy. Um, I actually operate one from the company that I work for. If you're interested... Um, uh, I'll plug the company I work for. Why not? Well, it's called Red Letter Marketing, and our product is called Oversight. And it's probably aimed at a market that's somewhat higher than um, what people in our band genre of websites would want to spend. It's for like companies and their yeah. websites. But but the idea is um, it keeps your your site up to date uh, on a monthly cycle, and then if there's some emergency patch, we just go ahead and do it. Um, uh, you know. You want to push the button, let the thing update, and then go explore the site and see if anything broke, and then fix that. But it really is important to do that. If you if you let it go, um, well, to put it like this, the the most recent major vulnerability that um, WordPress announced they were patching before they said what it was, put the patch out, and then it became public knowledge what it was, which is the right order for these things to happen in. There were so many sites that have just neglected and people just weren't doing the updates that they estimated something like 20 million websites were defaced through that one vulnerability. So it's bad. So it's huge. It's a hu- hugely important thing that you keep your website up to date. And I, I scream at this, <laughs> I scream this at people all day long in my work and now I'm screaming it at the rest of you tonight. So that's, <laughs> that's my life. <laughs> keep your website up to date, especially if it's WordPress. Drupal's yeah. just as bad. I don't know. So good stuff. So that kind of wraps up the, um, the social media aspect of it. The, the front side. Now there's a lot of backend stuff, but we are pushing an hour, um, of, yeah, we should probably do, a uh, tools for tools for fools part uh, two tools for, um, well, if you're yeah. interested in those things, I'll go ahead and rattle off, you know, seven or so, um, Pages for Apple um, platform is a great um, desktop publishing app. Photoshop, iMovie, Google Drive. Um, we personally use Logic Pro um, and MainStage. And then I'd like to give a quick shout out to QuickBooks Self-Employed. It's a great um, mobile app and uh, web interface to keep you uh, keep your expenses tracked and um, hopefully make sure that tax season doesn't completely murder you. So um, those are just seven off the dome that um, that we do use that are important. But um, I guess we're just going to basically pitch this one for social media. What do you say? I think so. We can, we, I think um, the other sort of management tools that I'd like to talk about bear a little more discussion. So let's just, let's just hold that for next week. Fantastic. Very good, man. We covered a lot of ground. We didn't, um, we get any one of these topics we did this week. Could, we could have dug in way deeper, but for sure. Yeah. But people would have, gotten bored and, um, not listened. So, um, the good thing is, is that if you need additional information or if you're curious, uh, you can email us at coverbandconfidential at gmail.com, um, or hit us up on Facebook or Twitter or now YouTube (laughs) or any of the other platforms that we have, um, kind of weeded our way onto. But, um, if I were not me and I was hearing this episode and I was getting started, I'd be extremely grateful. And slightly overwhelmed. Slightly overwhelmed, completely overwhelmed, but in a good way. Yeah. It's all good information. And, and, and like I said, if you, if you want to dive into any of these, just reach out to us. Um, we are more than willing to, uh, to help out. So um, we will call it for, uh, for, this, uh, for this week. And uh, thank you all for your continued support and uh, tell your friends and your bandmates uh, about us. And um, if you, if there's a band in town that you hate, don't tell them. 
<laughs> but maybe tell them anyway, uh, because yeah. them getting better means you guys have to get better and there's a whole thing that happens. So that'll do it for us here in Atlanta, Georgia. I am Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Wright. And you've been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode lucky number 13. Have a good week.